You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. Greetings, Room Block podcast listeners. Can you believe here we are in April? We made it past Q1 already and... Actually, here in the Chicagoland area, we are now past spring break. It was last week for us, and my family and I actually took a little trip out of town, which was special and exciting. We went to a place I'd never been. We went to check out Branson, Missouri. It was about a nine-hour drive, uh, which was kind of far, but we wanted to check out an area where there were a lot of outdoor things that we could do to try to stay as safe as we could. And Branson did not disappoint. There were some really great hiking trails and, you know, it's located in the Ozark Mountain area. So it was really pretty. I was not expecting the drive to be as scenic as it was. And the area was very lovely. Uh, But yeah, so hiking, we went and saw a cave, saw a fish hatchery. Hey, you know, it was... It was a good time, really great to spend time with the family and just to kind of get out of our comfort zone and out of our area, which is something we have not been able to do in quite some time. So I really enjoyed it. To kick off today's episode, I need to ask you all, do you know what it means to be iconic? If not, you are in luck as my two guests today are here to tell you exactly what it means to be iconic and how you can apply a simple framework to virtually anything to make it iconic. So today we welcome Kelvin Stovall, who is the CEO and iconicity enthusiast for Iconic Presentations, where he delivers fun engaging and customized keynote presentations to companies who want to learn all about what it means to be iconic, as well as John Avola, who is the digital marketing principal with FedEx. But these two gentlemen are also co-hosts of the Iconic Mindset podcast. You will hear all about their stories and how they came to work together in this capacity and start their own podcast. John and Calvin's combined background in hospitality and marketing make them what I call consumer experience experts. In addition to the iconic framework, Calvin and John are going to tell us what it took for a company to not only survive, but thrive throughout 2020. They're going to give us some insights about what it takes to get people in the door of your business but then how to best serve them once they're already inside. And then finally, they're going to tell us what it's going to take to stay iconic throughout 2021 and beyond. So get ready to amp it up with Calvin and John and learn how you too can become iconic. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Block Podcast. We have a special treat for you today, or should I say... We have an iconic treat for you today, and you will understand what I mean in just a moment once I introduce my speakers to you. Today, we have with us Kelvin Stovall and John Avola. They are both hosts of a podcast called The Iconic Mindset, and Kelvin is a speaker, and he talks all about how to be iconic. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves and give their backgrounds. So Kelvin, can you kick us off? Who are you? What do you do? How is it that you're here today? Oh, wow, that was a great intro. Thank you so much, Jen, and I truly appreciate the opportunity to uh, be a guest on your Room Block podcast. I'm, I'm honored. Um, first of all, yes, I, I am a hospitality fiend by by nature. Um, it's in my lifeblood. I actually started in the hospitality industry a long time ago, eons ago. Actually, I was a front I was a front desk clerk at a Holiday Inn in downtown Chicago. I'm a, a native Chicagoan, and um, 
after, I'm going to try to make this story short as I can. Uh, <laughs> but I started as a desk clerk and eventually, you know, worked in some other um, hotels, other positions in the Chicago area, and then actually ended up, you know, going to grad school and, and following my graduate school at, at Cornell, I, I ended up working for Promise Companies, which is now uh, Hilton Worldwide. So the company, you know, changed names. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that uh, Promise Companies actually was part of Harris Casinos back then. And so um, it transitioned off and Harris, of course, broke off into its own area. But I worked there. I was actually started out at, on the property. I was an assistant general manager at an embassy suites in Memphis, Tennessee, a couple of years and then transitioned into corporate Worked in research, um, brand research, and then eventually became um, part of the Homeless Suites by Hilton brand, uh, director of marketing there, and eventually moved to vice president, which was fantastic, and mm -hmm. um, actually worked there several years and, and then ended up moving to Minnesota for a few years to start my own venture and came back when Hilton was actually purchased by Blackstone and became a VP of global brand training for them, and, and they had, you know, did some uh, transitions there, and then I ended up going to work for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is where I met John, which you'll hear probably a little bit more about later. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> and um, also did some nonprofit work. Um, I was the CEO of a nonprofit called the Soulsville Foundation in Memphis, Tennessee, which is a whole a whole another story, which around uh, of Stax Records and and their label and and all of that. But um, I've pretty much been in the hospitality industry for a very long time. Love working with people, love inspiring people. So, um, you know, now I'm in iconic presentations and trying to inspire people to deliver exceptional customer services on a day-to-day -day basis and how they can be iconic. So um, it's, been a, it's been a great ride, and, and, and the ride is still going. Oh, my goodness. Well, you've definitely had the opportunity to work for some amazing places and brands, so no wonder you've <laughs> yes. gained the knowledge about what it takes to be an iconic company or brand. Yes, So. Yes. So John, how about you? What is your background? Yes, hi, Jen. Thank you uh, for having me as well. Excited yes. to be part of the Room Block podcast today. And so my background's a little bit different from Calvin's in that I started my career more in the marketing advertising world. Now, even though my dedication's been mostly to business, Throughout college, I did work at a hotel. <laughs> I, oh, yes, nice. so okay. there is a connection there. And you're allowed was, to be on uh, the show. Okay. I, I uh, <laughs> passed the <Nope>. credentials. <laughs> yes, uh, throughout college, I worked at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And oh, that nice. was my first introduction to customer experience and hospitality. But my heart was really in marketing and figured, why don't I get people in the door and I'll have the hospitality experts take care of them once they arrive. <laughs> ah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so um, I started my uh, career in the advertising world, as I mentioned, uh, with an agency in Orlando, Florida, and then uh, moved to Memphis, where I started at Ch St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Again, going back to what Calvin mentioned, that's where we met, uh, which I'll get into in just a moment. Um, but at, there at St. Jude, I was hired to really construct their social media channels. So back in the early 2000s, uh, Facebook, Twitter, they were just launching. Remember the icons were everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so the um, idea was to get more engagement on social media and increase fundraising through social channels. So I literally built the channels from zero presence up through being ranked as a nationally recognized children's hospital across Facebook and Twitter. And after five years uh, at St. Jude, I decided what I like to call is taking that entrepreneurial leap of faith and <laughs> left St. Jude and started my own a digital marketing agency where I specialized in a unique niche uh, around fresh produce. And a lot of people think fresh produce and they relate that to the local farmers markets. But this was a little bit more on a national scale where a lot of my clients were some of those household brands that we all know, such as Fresh Express, Foxy Produce, Red Sun Farms, Real Sweet Onions. And my job was to help market their products uh, in stores and online. And right wow. around that time, it was uh, I'll say around 2010 or so, uh, there was a spark of eating healthy and where your food comes from. And so I helped lead a lot of campaigns on getting people to know from seed to plate and what that process uh, looks like. So hired a team. We had about nine employees at one time. We worked on some real innovative projects. And in just a few years, I felt like I gained an, a career worth amount of information. Love that. Which mm -hmm. then led me to where I am now, which is at FedEx. 
So I was hired at FedEx to lead their marketing technology strategy and roadmap. And for those of you that are listening, wondering what I just said, uh, that, <laughs> that actually means my job is to connect technologies to create personalized customer experiences. So email technologies, uh, other technologies like social channels or um you know, even looking at some other um, lead generation forms or just trying to get people to understand the value that FedEx has and connect those experiences across uh, different channels. So that's what I do today. And uh, also I wanted to touch on how Calvin and I met and kind of what brings us here. I know that was yeah. uh, part of your introductory uh, question. And so this is a, a kind of a funny story, really. We don't have uh, an elaborate story, um, but we, because, you know, we were both employed at St. Jude at the time, but yet we sat very close to each other. We were on different teams, um, but I believe, Calvin, I think we were even on the same row or within a row yeah, from one we another. Were, we were a cubicle over. Yeah, we were, we were cube, <laughs> cube mates, you know? And yeah, I so, miss cubes. Uh, I know, right? The cube, the cube life. Yeah. <laughs> And so I just, I remember one day just kind of, you know, muffling under my breath that I was hungry. I forgot to bring my lunch. And the next thing I know, Calvin's walking by my desk and say, hey, man, I'm hungry too. <laughs> let's, let, let's grab a bite to eat. I heard there's this subway across the street in this gas station next to the most populated bus stop in Memphis. It's got to be good. I was like, Calvin, I have never crossed the street um, by myself or entered that area, but, but let's go. I'm always up for an adventure. I was hungry. And so the two of us walk over to Subway and I walk in there feeling like I am with a celebrity, right? The, the Subway sandwich artist is yelling across the counter, hey, Calvin, good to see you. The, the clerk is, hey, Calvin, what's up? Welcome back. And I'm looking at him like, Calvin, how, how did you become so popular in this small Subway store? <laughs> So anyway, we end up ordering our sandwiches. We sit down at these wire tables on the convenience side of the, the, oh <laughs> the, the, the convenience slash Subway store. I enjoyed our lunch. And from that day on, we had a weekly Subway. And nice. we would walk over every week, get to know each other. We'd talk work. We'd talk personal life. And then time went on. We ended up leaving. We both ended up leaving St. Jude. And we remained in touch through different career opportunities now we live in different states and here we are still still yeah. great friends and able to to share that experience together i yeah. love that so yeah. you you still meet <laughs> up you know, well probably weekly if you will to, that's right. to do your podcast you right, have to have right. that conversation that's yeah. right that's right and sometimes we'll eat lunch while we're on the phone you know just yeah, to bring back yes. old days <laughs> we do yeah we've eaten, we've, we, we've actually probably helped uh, Subway grow their stock significantly. Oh, yes. By, by, by how <laughs> yes. many sandwiches we've eaten there. That's right. That's right. So, and so much so, our very first podcast, we highlighted um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of COVID. Mm -hmm. And our one of our iconic brands on the good uh, was Subway. And we, we featured <laughs> Subway and how they were changing their uh, stores into grocery uh, outlets for consumers. So you could walk in and, and get your fresh cut meat or vegetables or bread uh, versus is going to a grocery store so we've even called them out That's pretty yeah. Cool. yeah yeah they created cool. they created subway grocery out of um out of covid yep oh yeah i did not know that mm -hmm. all right that's cool well and another thing i i did not know john you you used a phrase seed to plate <laughs> and I, that was I, pretty I cool, just, right? Was, I thought that was cool. I mean, we've all I, I, I've heard farm to, farm to table. But I like seed to plate. That. Yeah. <laughs> seed to plate. That's right. That's right. Like oh, there's that so many analogies. Like there's so many analogies you could make about you know planting seeds and uh -huh. and then reaping their <laughs> their seeds, sowing seeds. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, our our company uh, was called Wild Seed Marketing, <laughs> so mm -hmm. trying to tie into that the produce and seeds. Yep. Exactly. Very cool. Well, all right. So you both have some very interesting backgrounds and a lot of great experience about just you know, connecting people. What makes people tick? How do you create those connections? And I think that you're going to be able to tell us a little bit about how your your backgrounds helped build your iconic brand because it's just such an interesting story that you both have. So can you tell me you know, how and why did you build the iconic brand? Where, where did it come from? 
Yes. That's a great question. And, <laughs> and, and, and here's, here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the answer without, I could talk about this for hours, okay, Jen, but I know we don't have that much time. So, so, so here, here's the, the oh, story. Oh, and he can, he can talk for hours, Jen. <laughs> so here, that, he wasn't just saying that. <laughs> here, here's, here, here's the story. I, I, I think it is, it is, it is, it's, it's special when a brand can, can sustain, regardless of what the marketplace is going through, can continue to survive and thrive. Um, they, they've been able to innovate, they, they understand the importance of their people, and, and they continue to, to keep going. So my whole thing is, is why Iconic presentations and, and the podcast and everything was really to kind of help companies, regardless of what size they were, to give them a framework of the way to think about what they can do to sustain their longevity in the marketplace. So the framework was created around that. And, and so I, I'm, I'm a person, I like simplicity. I think John agrees, this, it's, we both like simplicity. I don't like a lot of complex stuff. So we want to come up with a, a, a framework where we can give you some tips and some ideas on, on what things you should focus on to be iconic and how you can maintain it and sustain it and, and keep your organization going. Now what's been great about this, about the framework, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it later, is that you can use it for a brand company, of course it makes sense, but now with everything that has happened and transpired over the last year or so, you can also use these, these four quadrants for, for personal branding yes. as well. You can yeah. also, you can use the same thing, and when we go through each quadrant, you'll see how you can turn it inward and help you be better to survive and sustain change, difficulty, adversity. So it's almost like, it's, it, it's, it's applicable either way. But, but the original reason was to really help organizations really simplify how can I sustain longevity in this marketplace regardless of what's going on around me. Yeah, and uh, real quick, Jen, just to add to that. So Calvin had the framework and I knew he was building it. We'd talk about it. And then on my side, I had this idea to really help entrepreneurs. I wanted to provide tips, resources, best practices on how to take a concept to reality. And so I call Calvin and we're talking and he's telling me more as the framework's being developed and I'm sharing my idea. And it just occurred to us just almost at the same time is what if we combined forces and we take the framework, apply it, as Calvin said, to any business, any idea or any movement and create an iconic podcast that would then be shared out to everyone based on our backgrounds and our histories. And so we thought it was a perfect comb combination to co-host, to create something new. And keep in mind, this was all at the start of COVID. So we're all home and I get stir crazy. And I'm telling Calvin, I was like, I need something else. I was like, yes, I don't have yes. any extracurricular activities right now. <laughs> I, yes. I've got kids and I've got work. I was like, I've got to do something new. And so I pitched this idea to Calvin of what if we combined into a podcast? The rest was history. He loved it. And that's how the Iconic Mindset podcast was formed. Mm -hmm. That is a great story. And I have to laugh because I think a lot of us were doing that. The, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> I need something else and <laughs> yes. let's start a podcast during COVID. There's some stat about you know, how many more podcasts were born in 2020. Mm. And oh, yeah. maybe oh, we yeah. were all in the same boat as you, John, you know, like yes. I need yes. something. No, that you're right. That statistics, it's almost tripled. I think May and June had the yeah. most new podcasts <laughs> than the history of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. But so the, the podcast was created as a result of COVID, if you will. But the iconic framework was in development well before yes. COVID, correct? Yes, okay. yes, oh, yeah. yes. That was that was yeah, that was the original reason mm -hmm. the company launched and everything. So yes. the podcast yeah. came after. It was just exactly. a natural, a natural, I guess you would say, component to it and mm -hmm. helped to push the brand further. Yeah, yeah. Calvin, Calvin had the foundation that I needed to get my idea out the door. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to be honest, I was like, Calvin, I really want to do this, but you've got all the material. <laughs> hey, that's how partnerships work. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. got to bring something that's to the right, table, right? right? You know, right, Calvin's right. the idea guy, John's the execution guy. Yeah. That's cool. But I mean, what I find really remarkable is the fact that you had put this framework together before everyone really needed it. 
I mean, yes. everyone's always needed that information, yes. But then all of a sudden you have this thing happen that is, I mean, how to stay iconic, how to, like you said, sustain and maintain mm -hmm. connections and, and the longevity of your brand. And then the personal branding aspects. I mean, oh my gosh, personal branding is like blowing up right now. I mean, it's yes. all I see when I go on social media mm -hmm. and like, here you are. You're like, well, I've had this <laughs> for years. So, yes, yes. I mean, it's, I, I just feel like the, the timing must've been incredible. The ability to consume the content that you've been creating for so long now it's just something we all need so much yes yes i agree with yeah. you 100 percent. because most people when you hear when you hear the term iconic most of the time it's towards a uh a, a company brand or something like that sometimes you'll hear it towards a band they'll say an iconic band iconic something yes. but most people don't see themselves as iconic it's like you know, that's um, true. You don't see yourself as iconic, but you are. You know, and and, and the thing is, you're different. Um, you're unique. Um, you know, you should be authentic. All of the things in the framework, but all of those things will are, are things that, of course, can work for a brand, but a person. And and recently, most of the virtual, of course, they've been virtual. The events I've been doing has been Calvin. How can you help us use the framework to help us sustain during these times of uncertainty? And it's the perfect it's a perfect framework for something like that. Yes. Well, all right. Let's just hear what the framework hey, is, baby. Yeah. We you're can't like, keep talking about like, it without. Like, no, you're like, see, right. you see how we build up that suspense yeah. right there, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, mean, I know people on your end, on the other end, are like, hey, "Come on, what is the framework?" <laughs> yeah, lay it on me. Lay it on me. Okay. Well, the iconic framework is made up of four components. First quadrant is to to be unique. And, and to be unique is all around your why, your purpose, why you wake up every single day to do what you do. There has to be something more than money that, that inspires you, okay? Um, so I always tell people, you know, you, you got to really discover what your blue diamond is. And I like to talk about blue diamonds because they're rare, they're different, they can only be found three places in the world. So I use that as a metaphor to what, it, what is that that makes you different, what makes you unique, what makes you stand out, your, your gifts, your talents, all of those things, and again, that could be applicable to a brand or a person, right? Um, the, the next quadrant is to be authentic, and that's all around connectedness. And so when I talk about connectedness, I'm talking about you know, being real with not only your customers, but I really press hard on being real and authentic with your employees um, because I mm -hmm. truly believe there is no positive customer experience without a positive employee experience. I am a huge proponent for employees, particularly frontline workers, because that's where the magic happens. And if they're not inspired, inspired and rally around the mission that your organization has, it's all for nothing. You just can't do it without, without the employees. It just doesn't so happen. So uh, I, I usually talk about that quadrant very heavy, and it's a really important one as well. The next one is to be passionate. You really can't do anything iconic unless you're passionate. Okay, that's that's something that you it's, it's inbred in you. Um, it's, it should be instilled in you. Either you have it or you don't. Um, so I talk about particularly when you're a leader and you have a team, um, they, they, they're going to mirror and they're going to emulate what they see. So you have to lead with that vigor and vitality and that passion because that what you do every single day bleeds into your team and how they're going to re respond to the customer. So all of that is important. And then the last quadrant is to be consistent, and that is to focus and be consistent on what matters most. When you go to Chick-fil-A, you are guaranteed to hear my pleasure. It's a small thing, but it is very consistent, and you're going to get it every single time. Very, very important. And also that quadrant is all about never becoming too comfortable or complacent. You have to always continue to look for innovation, more inspiration, not only inside your industry, but also outside. So you don't want to be a blockbuster. You don't want to be a circuit city. You want to continue to thrive and be successful, right? So you sure. have to continue yes. to innovate. You can't right. get too comfortable. You might be great today, but things change. And I think 2020 taught a lot of people, hey, you might have been riding pretty smooth, but let's check this out. You're going to have to make <laughs> some things different. So, so, so I think and what's been great is to see how all these companies did, you know, have to pivot and do things very differently to survive. But I think what's important is, is, is you have to incorporate all four of these quadrants to truly be iconic. Um, you may have to pull on one lever more than the other, depending on what you're dealing with, but you can't do one or two 
and expect <laughs> to be iconic. All of them have to be together. So that's 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 the framework in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is simple. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you said, and you, you you were looking for that, John, and and Calvin gave it to you. So no wonder you said, All right, "This is something we can go on air and talk we can, about." We can build on this. <laughs> well, because you can literally, like you said, apply it to a person or a brand, a you know, company, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, one of my my favorite things of the framework is where Calvin just left off on being consistent. And we always say to each other, never lose the beat. You know, and yes. you mentioned that. It's just that Ooh. consistent, you know, strive forward, don't get complacent, don't lose the beat. And a lot of the framework, which maybe Calvin will go into in a minute, was developed around music. Uh, Calvin's very much into music. Yes. And so some of the ideas that came out of the framework were actually inspired by music and song. And so never lose the beat. We've got iconic moves that are basically best practices. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. we've got a uh, own it, live it, love it. Yeah, we've, live got, it, a love lot, it. we've yeah. got a lot of little sayings that reflect back to popular songs. And Calvin will tell you, you don't want to be a one hit wonder. That's <laughs> you, know, right. you don't oh, want to lose the beat. Nice. You want to keep going. Yeah. Calvin, I'll, I just kind of set you up there. I don't know if you no, 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 that's all, that's all good. I think Jen knows I love music. She, she always um, gives me great um, reactions on my posts, so she knows I'm always talking about music. But yes, John is right. We, I mean, we, have, we also have Amp It Up. We use that too. Yes, Amp It um, Up. So, so, so when I do keynotes, I think what's important, like when, we, when you do keynotes and you're on, on a platform, you want to, of course, give people practical things that they can use and take back with them. But I'm, I love short phrases, you know, um, you know, like amp it up, don't lose the beat, don't be a one-hit wonder, things like those things kind of stick. Um, so I usually um, incorporate those in my keynotes so people can remember them. Um, it's just, I just think it's important when they walk away and, and be able to take that back with them. That's right. And then, oh, uh, and then he adds a, a little soul train there at the end when yeah. we were in, uh, in person environments, you know, he gets the audience up. We're doing soul trains around the room. It's a, is it a concert? Is it a presentation? Yeah, where, right. where am I? That, that's what, that's what you leave after, after experience with Calvin's uh, yes. presentation. Yes. Yes. That is so cool. Well, I mean, I, this is where I wish that we were on video because I want to see some of these moves really bad. Well, I mean, we, we are on video, but the audience can't see. <laughs> so we, one of these days, we're going to have to have a, a repeat and, and have the video version of this conversation so we can yeah, see Kelly. Yeah, we're going to we'll hold you to you, Jen. I, I'm envisioning an iconic yeah. dance-off here there in the future. There you go. There you go. There you go. Wow. So here's the thing that I love about everything that you just said. Um, so first of all, you're tying in like that, that authenticity to the way that you deliver this message. And, and it has to do with your love of music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's so memorable because yes. everyone loves music in some way. Right. right and we all right, have, right. Like, who doesn't love at least a song or two? That's <laughs> <know>? right. <laughs> so to, to relate it to, to that emotional component of somebody's life, because music can, you know, gives us memories and that kind of thing. That, that's such a unique way to relate to your audience. Yes. So yes, that's, yes. that's really neat. But no. then also uh, to go back to what you were saying about the you know, connectivity um, and you're talking about how you really emphasize that with frontline employees. And that's so perfect for you know this audience, the hospitality industry, where you have people that are talking, you know, to guests walking in the door. I mean, the, yes. those first experiences, the doorman, front office, whatever it may be. It's so important that they are living and breathing that that life and that passion to the yes, guests. Yes, and 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 I'm, that is a big one for for John and I. We I, we both understand the importance of front front line because what do we always say first impressions are lasting impressions right you never get a second chance to make a first impression so that like you say that bell person or that you know the person that takes your bags or the front desk clerk or the housekeeper that you run into in the hallways at the hotel those people they they, they matter so much in their customer experience that, that those are the those are the people your guests are going to remember and they can take a average stay and make it iconic Mm -hmm. just by just by demonstrating care just by being proactive just by being responsive just by their attitude all of those things are just so vital 
And I think what happens in a lot of organizations, you know, when they're, when they're doing things to try to strategize and be innovative and come up, they'll have people in like C-suites or, or even at the director level coming up with ideas, but you don't reach out to the people that are actually dealing with the customer every single day. Trust me, they know what's going on and what the customer needs. So I always try to encourage leadership, hey, pull in the people that are talking to customers every day. Don't, don't think that their voice doesn't matter because it does. And so I've just been pushing this, having this inclusive environment, making sure that everybody's voice is heard because everybody's voice is important. Mm -hmm. and, and I think particularly if they're on the front line, you need, to, you need to get them involved and help and take your company to the next level. It's just so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Calvin, you were bringing back uh, some memories. So when I mentioned I worked at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, I was a <laughs> bellman and valet attendant. Ah, and I, I was the front line. And so just yeah. hearing you say how important that role was, now given I was 18 years old and had no idea the influence that I was <laughs> making, but I absolutely loved it. I would walk people through the hotel, show them the animals, walk them in their rooms, help them with their suitcases. I'd go all the way down to the Mickey Bar soap, you know. I would yeah, the entire tour. <laughs> that's and good. So, uh, you know, I just um, brought back some memories there. But I, I would have to um, agree with you. And we actually have a whole podcast dedicated to employees first and how investing in your employees is mm. great for business. And it's proven that happy employees equal happy customers and, you know, everything we just kind of went over. So definitely a, a big area of focus for us. Definitely. Oh gosh, John! So you were you were being iconic at the age of eighteen. Look at you! <laughs> Look at you. I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. How important but, how that would come back and. But I loved and, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you brought up again the the animal kingdom and, and some of your past experiences. So I'm curious, you know, can either of you think of or do you have a past experience? a leader, a coworker, you know, or some situation in your in your history, in your careers that you can pinpoint as to be this is what it really means to be iconic. This is the example that I want to embrace and then teach. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so maybe I gave it away a little too early, but definitely the, that experience at the Animal Kingdom uh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was a, a highlight and also kind of that iconic moment where I, I knew at that point I really enjoyed working with people and making a customer happy. Kind of that making that, I don't know, that customer first, employee first mentality probably hit me at more a younger age. Um, I'd also say maybe not a direct experience, but a brand that I've always valued uh, going along the same lines is Southwest Airlines. And what mm -hmm. I found really interesting about Southwest is a few little things that people may not know, such as even their uh, stock exchange symbol is LUV, standing for love, um, which is really cool. It's a little thing, but because they love their employees and their customers, they thought LUV was the right symbol uh, for them to use in the stock exchange. Um, I also find it interesting that not only does the CEO make an employee promise, but they also make their employees promise how they'll demonstrate what they call their warrior spirit by striving to be their best and never giving up. And so I just think that's so cool to have both levels of the company, whether it's the employee dedicating themselves to customers or the CEO, basically promising to their people that Southwest will provide a stable work environment and equal opportunity for learning and growth. It just, it's a reflective, right? It's a, it's a push and pull relationship where the employee knows that they're treated first. Therefore that's going to roll over and just, it's a, it's a mirror effect right into the, yes. the, the customers. Um, and so anyway, it's again, it's not a direct connection to what uh, I have worked. I've never worked for Southwest, but I've just found that that company tends to overly, uh, treat their employees well. And there are rumors, which I don't know are, are true, but they indicate that Southwest employees are even paid less, but prefer to stay uh, with that brand over competing airlines. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> That's really interesting. And that is an excellent example. People are, I feel very dedicated to Southwest, <laughs> people <Yes. laughs> who, who travel on it regularly. And I I think I have a cousin, a distant cousin, uh, who was a Southwest employee. And I mean, she would, she was blogging about it for a point in time. But yeah, I mean, she had excellent things to That's say, awesome. excellent things to say about wow. it. 
Wow, well, we talked about cube life earlier, and now we're talking about airlines. Is there any indication <laughs> that we all need to go on a trip? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> we're, we're missing certain things right. right now. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so how about you, Calvin? Uh, wow. Well, I have quite a few, but one of probably the most, um, I would say, inspiring and most, I would say, exciting experiences I had was, was my involvement in growing the Homewood Suites by Hilton brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and the leader that we had, um, who made such a significant impact on, on me. And, um, his name is Jim Holthauser. He's now the CEO of Focus Brands. Um, but we, we kind of worked together when we were um, first starting out with the Homeless Suites brand. Um, it was, so probably had only about 35 hotels at that time. Now they're probably up to 500 somewhere. But, but the, but the great thing about the experience and working for a person like Jim is the autonomy and the, the trust that he has in his team. Um, so that brand, you know, we, we had a great product, great satisfaction scores. Um, people loved us, but we had, we, you know, Residence Inn was our Goliath. We were small, and they had probably five to seven more, times more properties than we did. So we had to really differentiate and, and, and break out the, the, you know, through the clutter. And what I loved about that experience was that the leadership allowed me to have the autonomy to try some things that were different. And, and I think that is, you know, did everything stick? Probably not. But, but the thing is we tried, we took some risk and now the brand is, is, is probably one of the biggest extended state brands out there. Mm -hmm. So what, what I loved about that is that it, it, it allowed me to see how taking the, the handcuffs off of your team and allowing them to do what they were hired to do can make you that much better um and so just that whole experience was just a great learning experience for me for having a team on how to treat them but also to see how you can inspire people out at the properties and they rally around a mission and and once they get behind it you can see the excitement and enthusiasm from from the front desk clerk all the way to the general manager and how they believe in what they were doing on a day-to-day basis. And all of those things just help propel that brand forward. And the performance and the yield numbers and ADR, all of the stats were there to see that it was making an impact. So that would probably be one of the most inspiring times of my life right there. I love that. Well, you know, and what a cool thought about having, well, I think, what did you say? Having the team rally around the mission. I love that idea because it's true. You, know, If you have everybody who's able to give their input and you're not just getting information strictly from the top down, here's yes. how it's going to be. Here's, here's what the brand standards are. But it's more about creating mm-hmm. something within and from the people who are actually living it then yes. that that's something that can just make this lasting impact on both the employees and then like we talked about you know pushing out to the field for the customers as well that's, that's right you know people people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves right yes. and everybody wants to know what how what they do every single day contributes to that brand's success people have to be able to connect the dots and when you can't see how what you do every day helps grow that brand or impact the society or whatever it is that you guys are doing, it's hard for them to be engaged and excited. So you have to help people connect the dots. So I I just think that's just so critical. And if you're a leader of a team, you have to help people see how much what they do every single day matters to that organization. Mm -hmm. It's just critical. That's right. Calvin, you've reminded me Um, You're going to have to share this story, which uh, you refer to as the walk the parking lot strategy. (laughs) I think that ties in perfectly into what you're saying right now. Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) I had a a regional manager. um, His name is Rick Schultz. I don't know if he's listening to this right now. We had a regional (laughs) manager when I was was an AGM at an embassy suites. And um, he would would always tell me, Calvin – he would call me, he called me Stovall. He would say, Stovall, <laughs> have you walked the parking lot this morning? And basically what he was saying is every, he was so meticulous about the customer experience that he didn't even like to have paper on the parking lot outside on the ground. Oh. You, you, be, you become so accustomed to, to making sure everything, you know, if you're in the hospitality industry, I'm sure somebody knows that when you've been in it long enough, it is hard for you to walk past a piece of paper on the floor. Particularly 100%. if you walk, <laughs> totally agree. you can't, you can't do it. You just can't do it. 
And he was he was just so uh, uh, he just knew how important appearance was, how you walk up to the landscaping and everything. So he would say, Calvin, always walk the parking lot, and you can <laughs> you can apply that to anything that you want to make sure that is is exceptional and iconic. You know. You got to walk the parking lot. Make sure everything looks good. Make sure when people walk up and approach it, it looks good. Make sure when they come into your lobby, it looks good. Make sure your people are standing there ready to serve. It looks good. So it, it gives you this perception of, hey, I got to make sure and watch everything. So the guests, they're going to look at everything. And everything matters. So you have to have, you have to walk the parking lot. So it's up to you to make sure everything looks good. You know? mm, perfect. That's a great analogy. And <laughs> even something even something like the parking lot matters right yeah, i mean it just yeah. goes to show that you have to to reach far to find all of those areas mm -hmm. that you can make an impact in yeah. uh, we got stories in. jen i told yeah, you we could talk we about <laughs> jen we can have we can be on this this podcast for for hours <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so true relating hospitality to life yep yes yes, <laughs> yes like my yes. favorite thing to do i love it <laughs> Well, so John, I have a question for you because we're talking about, um, you know, how to how to connect employees to a story through, you know, having them involved with 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 telling the story or creating the story. So then, from your marketing perspective, I mean, you probably had to do that with with your messaging as well, trying to connect your customers to the story and like making them feel like part of something bigger. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So that's really the key um, ingredient to marketing is making your customer feel as though they've got a connection uh, to your brand, uh, why they prefer one brand over another. And so I've got a, a good story, uh, which is it's kind of comical because it's about onions. And uh, how, how do you make someone care about an onion, right? I, I cry over well, yeah, there you yes. go. <laughs> yeah, well, ones that won't make you tear up. And uh, believe it or not, there are several competing onion companies. Uh, so you may not realize hmm. it, but behind the scenes, you walk into a grocery store and you typically see the same brand. But behind the scenes, these brands are competing for business to be displayed on that shelf. So the idea that the um, so as a marketer within the produce industry, your job is to get the product on the shelf, offering the retailer a unique situation, solution, campaign that will beat the next guy uh, to that to that product, that shelf space, because there's only so much self shelf space. So um, to answer your question around creativity and tying a brand into a consumer, we launched what we called a campaign called How to Speak Southern. And it was around the time of the year where Vidalia onions, which are a sweet onion, uh, are in market. And there's only, it's only a short time window where you can get a true Vidalia onion. They come out of Georgia, way too much information, but there's only 13 counties that, that actually grow sweet Vidalia onions. I did not know that. <laughs> so, so to set yourself apart, a lot of competition, we created this campaign, How to Speak Southern, where we connected the Vidalia onion to the Southern culture. And we created these mm. online quizzes, you know, how to speak Southern. And we would have people, you know, with Southern isms kind of quiz themselves, share their results, uh, that kind of thing. But the idea was to purchase your onion, go online, take this quiz and see how Southern you are. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, anyhow, it was a customer experience play, uh, which would get people in the store. They wanted to buy the bag of onions. They wanted to get the link to the website. They wanted to take the quiz. They wanted to share on social media and so forth. It all, it all connected. But uh, yeah, so anyhow, it was a kind of a you know, random story, um, but that's how we got people to care about onions. <laughs> no, it's it's it all relates to that that bigger picture feel, yes. and I mean I'm really impressed that you were able to do that with an onion. I want I want to go buy some Italian onions. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now that we're on the topic. Actually, season starts April first, so you know we're oh, wow. wow, John. You know way too much about these onions, man. Yeah, that's really it's all that knowledge you think you'll never share, and then you're on a, on a room block podcast and you're being asked about it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Wow. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, so I think we're getting an excellent idea here of what it means to be iconic person, mm -hmm. a brand, a company, whatever it may be. 
But I'm also curious, what are some signs that you're entering uniconic territory? Wow, we 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 we, we have a iconic. podcast called the Thirteen Uniconic Sins. Yes, yes. Most of them are basically opposite of everything I said for you to be iconic. So, so if you're not, that's the easy you, way. <laughs> that's pretty, yeah. easy way I mean, it, it really is. And, and I mean, the thing is, I think the biggest thing, and to try to answer that question very quickly, um, when you when you ignore your team. When you are not being authentic, when you're not trying to, when you look at your team as a cogs in a wheel, as opposed to the value that they add to your brand, um, when you are, are, are trying to copycat and do everything your competitors do, that's, un- that's uniconic mm. because you're not going to stand out. If you do everything your competitors do, it's not going to happen. I always encourage, that's why I say earlier, you, you, you want to make sure that you look outside of your industry because usually that's where inspiration happens um, because today your customers don't only compare you to your direct competitors they're going to compare you to any company that delivers an exceptional experience that's the difference yes, so you can thank companies like amazon <laughs> if, you, if your customers are less patient if they're less acceptable of mediocrity if they're less willing to wait forever on the phone if they're for you know all of those things companies like amazon has raised the bar and you have to keep up. So you're uniconic if you don't have the right technology to create a seamless customer experience. Yes, technology. Technology is huge. <laughs> My wheelhouse. It's not, yeah, it's not everything, but it's important. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so things, I, I had, I had two, two horrible experiences this weekend. I mean, as far as customer experience mm. is concerned, and, and, it, and it, you know, it was one was at a Carolina L house, and the other one was dealing with orbits to get a credit for a ticket that I had bought to buy a new ticket. The, I mean, I was on the phone for literally a couple of hours. It, mm-hmm. it, it was the most horrible experience, but, but when, when it was all over, it makes you think in your mind, you say, okay, we've been through this pandemic and everybody's excited about travel and going to the restaurant and all of these things. And then you go and you have such a horrible experience. It's just like, come on guys, you gotta get it together. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, I mean, no, you got to right. get it together. Okay. You've had time and, and all of that. There's no reason why a, a family should come into a restaurant. There's empty tables and there's people walking around and there's four people at the hostess desk on the phone talking to each other. And you tell a, a family, Hey, um, they wanted to sit outside and you say, well, there's nobody out there to serve you. They're like, there's tables right there. There's nobody there. Well, we don't have anybody out there. <laughs> I, I, so so and so they turned so they turned around and left. I, I just I just it was just it was disheartening to see because yeah. these these restaurants and these the, you know, all of these bars and and all of that they, they, they need the revenue right? Yes, it's been it's been, it's no been we've been struggling. I mean the industry has been struggling. So so the thing is do everything. I just want to encourage everybody out there if you have a business where you're taking care of people, do everything you can to make sure that experience is exceptional because we can't afford to have situations where a, a, a customer comes and they don't want to do business with you anymore because they they didn't get the service they expected. And exactly. so you know, so so orbits you too. It was awful, and so so, so uniconic, <laughs> uniconic. So I know that was a long yes. answer to your question. So it's all of those things. Make sure that you are putting things in place to create that seamless experience. You don't want to make it hard for the customer to do business with you, especially now. Right. I agree. I agree. I want to. Uh, I had two quick points there on uh, what Calvin was saying, going back to uh, the employees not feeling appreciated, customers not feeling appreciated, definitely uniconic. Um, Calvin, <laughs> I learned a lot from Calvin, if you can't tell. Um, one, of his fav- one of my favorite quotes that he uh, has said to me time and time again, and that is, um, Calvin, I'm going to quote to you, <laughs> not expressing gratitude or appreciation for others is the same as making them disappear. And I thought exact my thought went exactly to the com- the family that you just mentioned that literally disappeared from that restaurant because they were not served. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing great is ever going to be achieved unless people feel appreciated. And uh, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. And Calvin is a is a wise wise man. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> um, 
and then uh yeah you gotta you gotta think about that one for for a moment um and then the second thing i wanted to add too on uh, going back to uh, uniconic and that is a uh, lack of diversity and inclusion in yes. companies um, a company without a diverse and inclusion strategy, uh, something to help employees feel valued, is only going to lead to carbon copies of the entire company, right? Without diversity and inclusion, there, there is no difference. <laughs> right. um, and so hiring uh, for cultural fit is clearly outdated, and that will cost you some top talent. And so I'd like to, uh, for those listening, recommend hiring what we like to call as a culture ad. Uh, these are individuals who share your core values and are passionate about your mission, uh, but are also from various backgrounds, and the key being various backgrounds. So uh, an, an uniconic company is one that lacks diversity. An iconic company is one that incorporates or includes diversity into their mm -hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Right. There we go. It's, it's a mic drop yeah. moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> drop the mic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> two, two in a row. Two yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. just so amazing about this information is how, again, I've said it already, but it, it just is so widely applicable mm -hmm. to everybody and anything. So mm -hmm. thank you. This is amazing. Thank you. It's been, we've, we're, trust me, we're having a, ba a blast doing oh, yeah. this. <laughs> Anybody that'll listen to us, we will yeah, talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's oh, yeah, right. Actually, I saw today I'm part of a whole bunch of these um, podcast groups. And one, <laughs> right, of, right. one of the questions of the day was, would you do a podcast if no one listened? And I thought of you, Calvin. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. We would do this if nobody listened. We love it. We would love yeah. everyone to listen, but we also just enjoy sharing uh, what we have and the time we, we spend together. So yeah. it, it's definitely yeah. valuable. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. I agree. Just the creation aspect is so rewarding for mm -hmm. me. You know, even, and you start off knowing, well, Probably my mom will listen and <laughs> and my husband. There you go. That's and that's right. it. <laughs> Maybe if I'm lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we joke about that too. Our first episode had the most downloads and Calvin I'm like, how did that happen? Well it's because we texted everyone we knew. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it's it's fun to watch it you know, catch on and, and gain traction here and there. So mm -hmm. hopefully right. this will give us all a little bit of of new exposure, that's right. right? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> everyone can learn something about being iconic. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. It's applicable to everybody. All right. So we're kind of nearing the end of our time. So there's two more things I want to cover. Okay. First of all, so here we are. You you started this, the iconic mindset, the podcast. You know everything that you're teaching. You know about you know almost a year ago now, mm -hmm. right? So. What are your predictions for this year for for 21 22 what are what are some things that you think we're going to be seeing companies go through as they you know move and try to gain their own iconic <laughs> perspective yeah, I'll let John I know my first one is technology, but I'll let John take that one because that's his that's his let him, I'll let him do that one. That's his, that's that's his baby. Okay. That's his baby. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's fine, but it's it's very true. Um, technology is so important today, um, really, because it's the gateway that connects um, customer experiences. And I'm sure Calvin will talk a little bit about this uh, trend, which is the demand of exceptional experiences, and those iconic experiences are not going away. But a lot of what drives that is the expectation behind the technology that powers those experiences. So everything from online delivery service to booking a hotel room or a room block <laughs> to an airline ticket, it, everything is, is online. Even, honestly, even buying cars have, have turned to an online experience yep. where my wife and I have been shopping online. You can pull up the sticker of the, the car window from your house. And so having the technology to support those systems is so important to advance uh, your, your company, your industry, uh, your venue to that next level. Um, I think everyone's aware that customers are going to continue driving uh, high demands, keeping high expectations, 
uh, I called a company, uh, again, going back to the restaurant uh, industry there for a moment. I called a company. I have two young kids, asked for curbside, and they said, oh, we don't do that anymore. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you not do curbside anymore? COVID's still here, first of all. But second, I am you, I have become accustomed to curbside uh, pickup. And so little <laughs> yeah. things like that uh, do make a big difference. Customers have now expected those things. And those um, having that trust, the safety, the inclusion among uh, those qualities really will help drive uh, your business into the future and uh, even into uh, today's world. Very true. All right. Predictions. I got, I think John touched, I have, I have a couple. Um, the, the first one, John kind of touched on the heightened experience that the customer's going to, uh, expectations, that's going to, that is going to continue. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, like I said before, companies like, you know, Amazon, Ritz-Carlton, Nordstrom's, all those places that we know, Chick-fil-A that has created this space where they're known for their, their experience levels, customers are going to continue to expect that. I also predict that you're going to see a heightened focus on the employee, mm -hmm. particularly around employee health and wellness. Mm. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and also there and making sure that you have learning and development opportunities yeah. for them. Like um, like growth and learning. Yeah, I'm that is going to be a, a that yep. is going to be a biggie. Um, I think you, you. I think this. If if twenty twenty didn't teach us anything, it, it taught us that we were we, that we're, as as a people we're, we're flexible and we can we can do anything. We're stronger than than we ever imagined. We had to do things that we probably never would have thought we could do, and we when we did it. And and so one of the things that I, I saw we 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 became proficient at working from home. And, and I, 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 thought, I think companies saw that, you know, before that was a no, no work from home. Oh no, we can't trust you <laughs> right? to do that. You might be watching TV, but let me tell you something, <laughs> this, that environment created, you had to trust your employees. You, you had to. And, and, and what did you see? You saw your, your organization still were able, was able to move forward. And, and so I, I think if you, and, and it also gave as a leader an opportunity for you to get to know your team better. Even if it was through a screen, because you saw their living rooms, you saw the kid running around in the back with the toys, you saw the pet cat running across the, the keyboard. I mean, you saw everything. <laughs> you saw I, I, you saw how people lived, and 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 you were in their homes. So you you actually got to a more personal level with them. If you don't know your team better now than you did before, you missed the boat. Mm -hmm. I I just feel Ooh. like you, I just feel like you didn't. You weren't a good good leader because this was an opportunity for you to connect with them and the things that your team was dealing with you should have been there calling them making sure they were okay all of those things uh, because when this is all over your team is going to remember that you cared about them right because what is it people don't care how much you know they only you know <clears throat> until they know how much you care right Mm, that's really mm -hmm. yeah. so that that's that's really the key there and and then the other thing that i i see is you will see things that were looked as as negative as a leader before are going to be things that are good to have mm. like vulnerability like humility like mm. transparency yeah those things before empathy, empathy biggie mm -hmm. so so those skills and I don't like to call them soft skills they're hard they are skills that you should have as a leader. I, I like to call them, these are just skills you should be good at and have and be authentic with. So so I, I think before where those things were looked at as you would be seen as a soft person, now are things that are that mean things to your team. Because when you keep it real with me, I'll keep it real with you, right? And, uh, 100%. And that, that, that's that's yeah. just that. So I, I'll, I'll say those things, the, the high index customer expectations, and focus on employee experience and also these other leadership yeah. skills are going to be things you're going to continue to see. Yeah, I would I agree with you, Kelvin. I actually want to add one more note since we are on the Room Block podcast. And I think yeah. that comes down to the expectations of the hospitality industry around cleanliness. Mm -hmm. I think there is this yeah. the cleanliness as a guest walking into a hotel and seeing a um, a worker wiping down the elevator keys and the rails and having being greeted by the valet with you know gloves and you know it just it seems 
to almost be now a expectation and you both are a little more aware of the hospitality industry than I am, but I see this trend continuing within hospitality. People are going to, if they walk into a, we'll call, you know, dirty air quotes hotel, they're going to walk out. If they're seeing things that is, you know, is making them feel awkward or uncomfortable, they're not going to stay at your resort. They'll go to the next resort or travel down Mm -hmm. the street to the next hotel. There's so much option right now because I think we we know, unfortunately, vacancy uh, is is unfortunately available a lot uh, given our current demographic or, or pandemic, and so having the ability for the customer to choose between any hotel they want and not have to worry so much about whether it's sold out is going to give them more choices. And the expectation is going to be you got to you got to be on your game when you have a guest coming in because people are starting to travel again. And the hospitality is already seeing a tick. I've read a whole bunch about Florida and how spring breakers are dominating the state at the moment. <laughs> Hotels, air flights, everything is seeing record numbers as it did pre-pandemic times. And so mm. as this trend continues, uh, for those in the hospitality industry, keeping your hotels in pristine, walk the parking lot conditions. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Is 100% important. <laughs> yes. Yes. Way to circle back. But no, you're right, both of you. Everything you said, it really makes me think that um, 2020 was quite a year as far as just elevating, Mm -hmm. elevating so much of what we've come to to know and and maybe take for granted. And it's it's just it's really brought everything to a new level. And I don't think we can go back. (laughs) You know, like like you said, John, you're like, I don't want to not have curbside pickup anymore. I don't want to not have a sparkling (laughs) clean hotel anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for businesses. I mean, I I feel for you. (laughs) I feel for businesses. But on the other hand, hey, it's just it's yeah. it's evolution really it is right. it is it's evolution right. it's evolution wow. yeah so just to uh, close that up jen um i just wanted to read one uh sentence here that was done by a study uh performed by mckinsey and company and i just thought it related uh to, to our conversation today it's talking about companies and advancement and the uh, stat reads that companies and this is what they found anyway it's more of a summary Um, That companies, uh, whether it's hospitality, restaurants, or any industry that have advanced this year are the ones that did the work to determine what really matters to their customers. They identified projects to improve important experiences. They went ahead and prioritized the efforts with the biggest potential for the customer. And then they trained their employees so they could deliver the right experiences consistently. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's it. You can't say it any simpler than that. That's iconic, guys. That, that's a, that, that was an iconic <laughs> statement. That was that's, an iconic statement. An iconic right, statement. That was right there. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know, Calvin. I think I see a major future with your speaking. You're going to be in high demand <laughs> teaching people how to yeah. be iconic. So tell my audience, how can they find you? Wow. We, we can be found on iconicpresentations.net. You can email me at calvin at iconicpresentations.net. Or you can find us, our podcast, The Iconic Mindset, on all the podcast platforms that are out there. Um, John, if you want to share your email. Yeah, sure. Um, So picking up where Calvin left off there, um, the podcast can also be found at theiconicmindset.com. So there you can download any episode. We have transcripts. We have show notes. Uh, The show notes that we provide actually outline the chapters within our podcast. So if there's a specific area you'd like to fast forward to for a quick listen, uh, just quick check out those uh, show notes before you hit play. Uh, And of course, I can be found uh, anywhere on social media, Twitter, at John Avola, LinkedIn, backslash John Avola, (laughs) Facebook, John Avola. I'm sure you're getting the trend. Um, uh, Definitely. And then, of course, as Calvin said, uh, the... the, um, Our website, iconicpresentations.net, is really our home base. We've got episodes up there for download as well, uh, bios, and more information on the Iconic Framework is also uh, listed on the site. Mm -hmm. Yes. Perfect. It's for everybody. I just, I'm so, so pleased to have had you both on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It It has been iconic and truly, truly appreciative of the opportunity. Yes. Thank you, Jen, so much for having us.
Thanks so much to Calvin and John for a truly iconic episode. You each provided unique insights and takeaways for individuals and companies of all types and sizes. In addition, it was a truly fun conversation. The decency, passion, and respect within each of you shines through, and there are no better teachers for my audience to learn how to become and stay iconic. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation. <music>